Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 162. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by Neil Dukoff, founder and CEO of Strategies, and we'll be discussing putting a cash flow plan into place to ensure salons financially recover from the impacts of forced temporary closures. All we're talking about here, whether it's a crisis like we're like we're in here, it's being able to look forward and make a relatively safe projection at revenue and have a new level of control when open. Um, man, the stuff that you can change reopening after being shut down, but you got to work the plan. I think one of the biggest questions on everyone's minds right now is when can our business open? I mean, like we're in Ireland and businesses have been closed for about six weeks now. So it's fair to say that's a long time to go without generating revenue. And we've already discussed on the show last week how we're helping forest clients or forest users to generate money, like the online gift cards, and which as a side note, we've generated over a million euros worth of gift card sales or salons, our salons have generated over a million euro worth of gift card sales, which is incredible. And it goes to show the absolute support that their clients are then having. Um, but then we also kind of touched off the ability to be able to sell retail products online, which we're doing soon. So that was kind of last week's episode touching off what can we do now to keep cash flow going? But we need to start looking towards the future too. And so this week, we're turning the focus to preparing your finances for the grand reopening. And um, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to when that is for many countries, many states. I'm thinking about the US here. Um, but we still need to look at what will happen. So to discuss this further, we're joined by Strategies founder and CEO, Neil Dukoff. During his 38 years as a business trainer, coach, keynote speaker and author, Neil has gained respect as a leadership expert and an authority on team-based compensation. Neil, welcome to Forest FN. We're really happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So Neil, from your conversations with members, because we're kind of talking about financial planning today, um, I suppose preparing your salon for when that grand reopening finally happens, what has been the most common stressors that you've heard coming back at you so far? Let's see. Let's go through the 112 common stressors. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, I, th I think the, the first stressor that everyone is dealing with is how are we going to make it financially? Uh, you know, who could have in their wildest imagination dream that you're going to be ordered to close your business and that's going to be for weeks or months or whatever. Uh, and you know, that, that first stressor is, you know, what do I do with rent or mortgage payment if they own their own building? Uh, I, I got to get my people on unemployment. Um, you know, and there are people that, that never had filed for unemployment. So owners were, were doing that. Then came here in the U.S., they call it the CARES Act, and it provided two completely confusing uh, funding sources that, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was rushed through. So they put this thing out there and there's going to be an SBA loan and, you know, you can get up to hundred million dollars or something. And well, after a week or so that turned into, well, you can get a thousand per employee up to 10,000. And 
the other piece that that was very interesting was they called it the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, which you get two and a half times your average payroll. I won't go into all the the math on it, but uh, you figure out what your average payroll is, two and a half times that. And it's a two-year loan, no payments for six months, 1% 1% interest. It's like borrowing money from your grandma <laughs> and uh, no collateral, no personal guarantee. And from the moment you're approved, you have your cash within 10 days. And we've talked to some owners. We actually helped a few get loans. Uh, gosh, you know, one was probably close to a million dollars. It was quite a large operation, but we're seeing people get you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. There was one client that just told us yesterday, just got her loan, uh, it was 57,000, but you have to use 75% for payroll, uh, within eight weeks from the time you get the money. So then there was a new stressor on, yeah, but we can't open for five more weeks. So I'm not going to have enough time to, to use that payroll money after we open so I won't get any money forgiven or I won't get the full amount forgiven. You know, it, the law says from the minute you get the loan, it was designed to get people off unemployment and owners really, really complicated the process instead of looking at it as a loan you know, or just saying, I'm going to follow the rules, get them off unemployment. So we've had countless, countless questions and people and people waiting and waiting and waiting to apply. And, and then the fun ran out. Oh, God. Uh, just this past week, there was another $275 billion that went in. So loans are going out again, but that's going to go fast. So the stressors were, what do I do with my employees? Uh, how do I figure out the financing? And how do I cross that gap between my business being completely shut down and getting the doors to reopen when you just don't know when that's going to happen. Cause uh, I think Georgia was the first state to open and that came like out of the blue. Okay. Georgia's opening up on Friday salons and spas and tattoo parlors and restaurants and movie theaters and gyms can open, which is like really but that's what they did. And we know some people that have opened and they're doing fine. Uh, it's just when customers walk into their salons, it looks like they're walking into an emergency room. Because every, yeah. Everybody's got yeah. all the garb on, you know, they're walking around with their hands up. Uh, but it, it's been it's been a financially stressful time. And then it's not knowing when you reopen what are the social distancing requirements going to be? And can you even bring back your entire team slash does your entire team want to come back slash some want to come back, but they have no child care. And then we have social distancing, which only so many people may be allowed in the business at a time. So it creates cash flow challenges because it's not going to be open the doors and all of a sudden everything is back to where it was uh, mid-February. It, it's just it's just not going to be that. Do you think you're going to see, um, and I was, obviously this is speculation, but do you think there's going to be kind of a rush to reopen now that Georgia is opened up and things seem to be kind of going well for, for the salons that are opened? I believe there's going to be um, 
I think it's going to happen too soon. Uh, states, you know, just like uh, peer pressure. Yeah. You know, Georgia opens, Tennessee opens. I think it was South Carolina or North Carolina, one of the Carolinas uh, opens. Now, Alabama said uh, they're going to open. Once the states start to open, what a lot of what's happening is they're looking at the economy. They're looking at tax collection because you can't get tax if businesses are shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been issues where... Uh, the meat producing plants. Uh, we've had some uh, pork plants and, and uh, beef plants closed down. Uh, the president put out an executive order using the War Times Act or powers, you know, saying you guys need to reopen. Um, but if once food starts to become an issue, then things can get creepy. Um, and I think the last thing they want is the population to start to panic. So I think we're we're hitting that that odd point of you don't want the cure to be worse than the disease, but you also don't want to throw lives away. But it's it's getting to that point where states are going to start reopening. Uh, it's probably too soon. You, we cross our fingers that we're not going to have uh, another surge and that enough uh, social distancing and sanitizing will keep it under control. But I, I think there's going to be a, uh, as people see what happens in Georgia and the other states that are opening, I think governors are going to start relaxing and opening up sooner. So it, it's, it's all bizarre how, it, how it's happening, and it seems to happen overnight. But I think as long as people are safe and they practice uh, – the proper uh, protocols, they should be fine. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think I, had, I think I had my fingers crossed this whole time we've been talking. <laughs> They're actually locked in place like that. It's like the yes, clock. So, do you think then, where states like Georgia have just announced that it will be opening in the next two, three days? Do you think this is actually going to add pressure onto salon owners? Where for ages we've always been saying that the rush for people to get their hairs done to get treatments done is going to be mental people are going to be flocking back to the salons but what about some salon owners that at the end of the day there's still a pandemic going on there is still a health issue is this going to create a sense of almost FOMO where if I don't open am I going to lose clients like if I can't open for health reasons even I I think what I've seen so far is salons, spas that are deciding to wait another week or two. Um, They're putting out very well thought out communications to clients and the community. Uh, Also, the news media has been, uh, you know, for some reason when they're opening up the economy in a state or whatnot, you know, all of a sudden they got the camera crew outside of a salon and they're talking to hairdressers or barbers or whatnot. And the industry is getting a lot of, uh, a lot of coverage in that way. I think there's a, there's a, a concern that a salon can lose business if they wait. I, and again, I know a few that have, um, I think in the grand scheme of things, you're not going to be able to bring all your team back. So you're going to have uh, fewer, we just call them revenue producing hours uh, because of staff limitations. Let's just say you're down 25%. Uh, we're also going to have the 
the new protocols where everything has to get sanitized and um, change your stuff and gowns and all the things that need to happen when you go from one client to the next, which is going to add time to the service. So it's going to be hard to get the clients in at a higher volume. Even if a client says, hey, you're not opening, I got to go get my hair done. You know, maybe it'll be a one timer and maybe they're not going to like it. Maybe they will like it and you'll lose them. But you're going to wind up getting people that couldn't get into a different salon. So I think it's all going to be a wash. I I think the last thing owners need to worry about right now is, oh, my God, the competition's going to take all my business. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's going to have restricted hours, uh, restricted staff. Um, and, and again, it's just the added time to work on the clients. There's, there's, there's a limit to the productivity that you can do with the, with the new protocols that they have to follow. I think they'll be fine. It's a concern. We've heard it, but they'll be fine. So we were hosting a webinar on Monday with Salon Today. Um, and a few of the questions that came through was, well, I'd, I don't know when's my reopening date, so how am I supposed to plan? What do you say to people who are wary of making plans without a reopening date or without any proper guidelines for reopening and stuff like that? How do you work around a moving target? Do you want me to say the proper answer or what I'm really thinking? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take a, a, a middle road. They're being very foolish, not planning. Um, you know a window and you need to prepare. Uh, You have to train your employees on, just look at the language. Um, If a client comes into the salon, they, you know, some of the rules that I've read, clients need to wait outside Mm -hmm. and they'll call you and then you can come in and then you got to check their temperature and they got to fill out a release form. We have, you know, salons that are using, hey, if anything happens, it's your fault, not mine. Um, But they have their protocols that they're following. Uh, Employees need to be prepared with the right scripts and language to be able to communicate to the customer to reassure uh, that everything is being done to, to protect them and to protect the employees that are there. And you can't just open the doors and expect everybody to read a memo that you put out. Um, You got to practice. It's like like a play and everyone's got to learn their part and it's showtime, doors open up and let's get the temperature person out there to take their temperature. But how are we going to move them around? What's the client going to be told to do? Um, you know, I was reading one, uh, no talking to the client while they're getting shampooed because you, you can't just, you know, so there, there, there are protocols that everyone's going to have to learn. So you're going to have to be communicating with your staff before the doors open up on how's the business going to run, who's coming back first, what's the plan. And one thing that we've been saying from the, we've done six town hall meetings so far, we're doing them every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, But the thing we've been saying from the beginning is, this is the time for leadership to stand up. And employees need to see that their leader is paying attention on their game, understands the obstacles that are ahead, doesn't have all the answers, but we're going to work through this and we're going to reopen and we're going to reopen strong. How are we going to do that? I have no freaking idea, but I'm working on the plan and we're going to have a plan. 
So, yeah, and anyone who's not planning that reopening, uh, it's going to be really hard to do it when it's time to open up the doors because it's, you know, where are you going to get the capes? Where are you going to get the face shields? Uh, where are you going to get the masks? Where are you going to get all the extra stuff that you're going to need because you can't let a client come in? How are you going to tell a client you can't service them today because they don't have a mask and you couldn't get any extra? Yeah. Yeah. So you may have to turn someone away. How can you do that respectfully, knowing that everybody's nerves are on edge and things could blow up very easily? Gotta, you got to practice. And you, this is a time for the industry to show what it's really made of and, and what true professionalism is and hopefully shed some of the, uh, the hairdresser mantra that kind of has always been around. I had to laugh when you were talking about it's like showtime where the doors open because in my head the first thing I pictured is have you ever seen the the movie The Founder about McDonald's yeah where yeah. the guys are in the car park and it's nearly like a rehearsal where each person is allocated to their own station and it's like a dance routine is that pretty much what we're going to see in salons now where everyone's restricted to their own areas social distancing and it's all just one big dance rehearsal yeah I mean you go to this I had to run to the supermarket this morning and oh my god i almost went up a one-way street yeah because i got all they have the the arrows in the aisles you know maybe in your salon you got to put arrows down maybe you got to have two footprints here you stand there and you stand there and if there aren't any more footprints you got to wait outside you know it it's going to be a very different way to do business but all of these protocols are systems and all the communication is a system and salons are notorious for putting systems out there and they go and they, they they just they just and I'm I'm saying I've been in this industry since 1970 a little before you guys and <laughs> and you know I I know the industry and and you know it's we're going to have a meeting and we're going to say and this is how it's all going to go and hit the launch button and it goes sideways you know and then we get the, well, you need to try it. Oh, no, we tried that before. No, you didn't try it before. <laughs> you know, you, you you launched your rocket up and forgot to turn the guidance system on. So. <laughs> so then talking about protocols where I suppose I think a lot of salons have kind of gotten the grasp on getting their communications down, getting their salon physically ready. But do you think that from members of strategies, do you think people are aware of the impact that this may have financially when you start to reopen. So obviously a lot of salon owners are aware of just how much revenue they're losing while they're closed. But how is this going to start impacting when they do open? Because now there's added expenses, like you're saying, the PPE equipment, the hand sanitizers. There's time now spent going from client to client, essentially disinfecting yourself. So that eats into the time spent generating revenue, right? I need to take it in a sequence so this is so this is clear. First thing is that any business that salon, spa, that understood and worked at their financials and worked with what we call it strategies, a 12-month cash flow plan, which is a forecast for revenue per month and a and a budget here's what we plan to spend and if we go over it we blew the budget um 
Strategies have been around for over 26 years. We teach cash flow planning to every coaching client. We make them build the cash flow plan. We have an online uh, portal with, with spreadsheets in it, but they have to, and they can't wreck the formulas. <laughs> they, can only, they, they can only put numbers in certain cells. So that eliminates you know, a lot of fear already. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, back in the early days, you know, most of our coaching was fixing Excel files. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what I mean. So the, this, the clients that really wrapped their arms around cash flow planning, building cash reserves, went into this crisis in better shape. We had so many people saying that, that we that we have had you know minor communication with for many years. Again, we've been around twenty six years. We've had people posting on Facebook and emails and whatnot saying, "Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you forced us to learn <laughs> because it prepared us for this." And and it was kind of odd hearing it because it's like. Who the hell knew we were preparing for this? You know, but they went into it with a cash reserve. And I talked to one owner that goes, you know, I'm going to do the paycheck protection program loan. But if I don't get it, I'm fine. And I'm even I'm going to keep my people on payroll. We've had and we've had some people do that. Um, But they're in good shape. Now, let's go to the other side. If a salon was going into this with tight cash flow, and I think the line I've been using is, if you need this week's sales to pay last week's payroll, you're in trouble and you need a new plan going into this or coming out of this thing. Because if you reopen with the high commissions you had, if you reopen with a pay program that you can't afford, um, and you don't have any kind of a financial plan to project revenues that you need to do and be able to communicate that to your team so your team is working together to hit the goal, not just, you know, two columns on the appointment book, names, columns on the appointment book are all excited about doing their appointments, but everybody else has openings and that's not their problem. I like when every employee in the salon looks at that appointment book and every white space is everybody's problem (laughs) because the more white space you have, it's going to take away opportunity from everybody. So there's a whole different mindset about how you enter a crisis like this, not that we ever should again, but to be able to come out of it, to have the right culture, the right financial game plan, the, you know, the budgeting, understanding your profit and loss statement, understanding your balance sheet and knowing what it takes to build cash reserves, and really more than anything, how to manage your payroll. So let me ask myself another question for you. <laughs> so are, are you doing anything, strategies, to, to help people that you're not coaching do that? Thank you. That's a good question. Yes, I am. <laughs> Couldn't have wrote it how, better how, ourselves. Yeah, how am I doing? Huh? Doing great. Uh, you know, why don't you, you know, go, go, go have your, uh, your uh, red breast and I'll be here when you get back. Um, probably four weeks ago already, uh, one of my coaches calls me up. Uh, his name's Dennis Gullo. And the guy, we call him the numbers whisperer. This guy can just do stuff with Excel that is crazy. And he goes, you know, I have an idea. What if we took our regular cash flow plan 
that our clients work on. But we broke it down into 13-week periods, two 13-week periods, so you, so you get half a year. And then they can go, okay, what sales do we think we're going to do this week? Well, we're not going to do any because we're closed. Oh, but what expenses do we have to pay? Well, you got to pay this and this. All right, what about the next week? Well, we're still closed, but what, what expenses do you have to pay? Got to do this, got this, this. Hey, I got the landlord to hold off on money. So I go, Dennis, that's a great idea, but we need to go further. I said, can you do a really simplified 13-week, we called it a recovery cash flow plan. Can you do a really simplified one? And I'm going to have our programmer, uh, Wild Bill, put together a, a separate website that people can go into. They have to register and they got to watch the video. Man, that 12-minute video is a lot to ask. People really don't have a lot of time these days to watch that 12-minute video to learn, I can't get it to work. <laughs> Did you do this? <laughs> no. Why don't you watch the video? In 12 minutes, you'll know how to do it. Sorry for the sarcasm. We're not sure what day it is either. So, <laughs> but, so we, we created the site, and they can go in and create a 13-week cash flow plan that allows them to project what they think their revenue is going to be, and finally put the revenue in on, on a week that they're going to open. Um, if they're getting a paycheck protection loan or, or disaster loan or whatever amount or any kind of funding, it has a line item for uh, uh, cash infusions. So it helps you track your cash through the 13 weeks. And then when you open, listen, you're, you're, you're using money that you have. Now your, op your doors are open. You know, you're going to be limited. And now you're going to have some cash coming in, but you know what these expenses are going to be. And they can make best case, worst case. They can make as many spreadsheets as they want, um, but they can only work on them in that site. And they can export uh, a version of it that they can print, but it's work on it there. You can't wreck it. You can only put numbers in the green cells and they'll be able to see at least 13 weeks in the future. And there's a tab where they can go out another 13 weeks if they have to. Uh, we've got uh, 1,100, and I was just looking at it before, we have like 1,100 and some odd people that signed up for that so far. And we're pretty tickled about that. Yeah, that's an amazing result, especially launched not that long ago. So you were saying about the different projections. Um, what do you recommend owners do? Like how many of them? You know, like how we're asking our uh, Ministry of Health different projections on how this is all going to pan out. But like in terms of cash flow, should you do a worst case, best case and a middle kind of reserve? Or do you should you have more? Should you have less? You know, I, I'd be really happy if they could just get through the first one, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, three months, you know, let, let's, let's just get there. Let's get 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, within 12 weeks you're going to be open and then, you know, they can click on a tab and go out and do another, but I'd be, I'd be really happy if they could just build that 13 week period. And there's monthly totals depending on how many weeks are in the month, but see where they're at. I mean, it is quick sidebar 
when a client calls and says, I need help, what's the matter? Well, you know, you know, cash is tight and whatnot. Okay, we're going to build a cash flow plan. The great thing about building a cash flow plan is, and again, monthly revenue, monthly expenses go out 12 months. You can show them where daylight is. You know, if we do this and we do that and change this and change that, this is where you can be in three months, four months, five months, six months or whatever, but you got to work the plan. And that alone helps people go, oh, okay. Because at least you're discovering an unknown. Mm -hmm. It may still be a little unknown, but if that unknown is 80% solved, that's pretty awesome when we're in a period right now where unknowns are getting thrown at us every day. Every, every day we, we get through or every week we get through, another unknown gets resolved. But that opening and what we're going to do after opening, you know, plan that through. Oh, let me give you the, the URL for the 13-week site. And then there's one other piece that we need to talk about. Um, so I'll be asking myself a question very shortly. <laughs> if they go to recovery.strategiescoaching.com. They'll go to the page. You'll see a username and password. Right under that, it'll say not registered. If they're not registered, click the link. Put your name, put your email address. You're going to get an email for you to create a password. And then there's a link to get you back to the site where you can log in watch the 12 minute video there is a cheat sheet underneath for people that don't have 12 minutes and then we have a list of resources on the side that takes them to our memberships and any coronavirus uh, uh, lists and checklists that we put together and then they can go into the spreadsheets but they got to watch the video to know how to create a spreadsheet and how to work with it. it it's not hard once you watch the video <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And for anyone listening, we will put that URL in today's episode's show notes. So that would be there. Easy to click through as well. All right. So, Neil, uh, wasn't there something new that you just introduced yesterday in your town hall meeting? Good question. Yeah, I was hoping you would ask me about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to claim that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So they're going to open. They're going to have fewer staff, maybe, maybe 10% less, maybe 20. It, it depends. Who knows? And you're going to have these higher costs because you had to buy stuff and then you got to spend more time in between the clients. Actually, you got to spend the time that you should have been spending in between the, sorry, I can't, I can't help myself. The time that you should have been spending sanitizing <laughs> everything. Now you have to do it. Uh, shoot me, shoot me. I'm sorry. Um, but the extra time to, to sanitize and prepare for the next client. It, it's it's going to take revenue-producing time out of inventory. That's the way to describe it. For 26 years, we've been teaching how to price a service. And you do it based on cost per hour. You know how much a bottle of shampoo costs. And you know if you want a 50% margin, you're going to, that $5 shampoo will sell for $10. If you want a hundred percent markup, it'll sell for $10. All right. But we always look at margin difference between selling price and cost. So to get a cost per hour, I'll, I'll do the really condensed version. How many inventoried hours do you have right now for sale? 
Okay. How do you get that? How many employees are going to be working that first week or two or three when you reopen? Well, we've got 10 people and we'll keep it simple. And they're working 40 hours a week. All right. So 40 hours, um, instead of 4.3, I'll keep my own math simple. So we got 160 hours a month. Yeah. Okay. If you're working at 80% productivity, you know that you're going to sell 80% of those hours. That's a key number. So you take, you take the hours that you sell and you divide that into all of your company's expenses for an average month except retail because we're trying to come up with a service price. So if you look at your profit and loss statement, take every line item on it. You don't worry about sales, but take every expense item on your profit and loss statement except retail because that's the retail business and divide that by the hours you sell currently or percent of hours you sell currently and now you have a cost per hour. You know how much it's going to cost to deliver a one hour haircut or a 45 minute haircut or a 30 minute haircut or an hour and a half foil color or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we built this cost per hour. We included uh, PPE stuff, the personal protection equipment. Uh, we included uh, sanitizing uh, costs. They have to put in their own number. Uh, we put in the extra laundry. You know, what's it going to cost for laundry if you're sending it out or if you have to have people do it. But let's, let's get those three primary additions. And so there's, here's where we were. Then there's another sheet that starts filling in that says, what if you have reduced staff? So knock the hours down. And then we have another piece that says, what if you have to add time? for the sanitizing. Yeah. Well, if you're running at 85% productivity and you add 15 minutes, one of the examples we gave says, you're going to be at 105% productivity. You can't do that. You know, you can't get it all done working, you know, you know, when, when the pressure relief valve is already going off. So you got to, do something to your pricing. You got to do something to reduce your productivity rate a bit, but it all comes down to once you know your cost per hour, you can mark that up, put a profit margin on it. And we recommend using 15%, which means take, if it's a hundred dollar an hour cost, you divide the $100 by 85%, and that'll get you to the 115 So for anyone really questioning, should I raise my prices when we reopen, this is the exercise they need to be doing. And how do you feel about the COVID fee? A lot of people have been talking about that to put it separate and just make it very explicit. <sighs> Fine, if that's what they want to do. <laughs> Um, but you know what you, it, you're, they're, they're trying to use that as here's a specific excuse, reason, justification for the price increase. Mm-hmm. We have, we, we have, the problem is if you keep saying this, it's going to cost another $5 today because of, uh, it's the COVID 
fee. Well, what happens when things get relaxed? Oh, do we get to take that away now? Mm. Yep. So you're, 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 you're setting yourself up for down the road. Clients are going to, you know, if it was a fee for this, is that going to go away when all this stuff starts to go away? We need in order to provide you with the level of service, security, protection that you expect and have become uh, used to at our company, we've had to increase our prices $5, $10, whatever, whatever the formula says. Um, if their pricing is fine, well, you have an opportunity to bump it up just a little bit. But most salons, most do not know what their cost per hour is, mm -hmm. which means their pricing was based on, let's call all the other salons in the area and see what they charge, who didn't do the formula themselves. So now you're basing your price on everybody else's guests. Yeah. And what if it's not enough to cover your expenses? That's, do the math understand it, come up with your cost per hour, and then, you know, divide that cost per hour by 85% uh, if you want a 15% margin. And then that's going to give you a number that you can look at all your different services. And we'll keep it simple. If it's $100 uh, to selling price and the cost is $85, great. 30 minutes costs 50. Yep. Hey, the client needs something. What do they need? Uh, whatever it is, it's going to take 15 minutes. Got to add $25. And the real, the real interesting thing, when, when the owners wrap their heads around this, they, they start to understand that, whoa, so all those stylists that work for me that need an hour to do a 45-minute service, we're losing money on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and my, my joke there, and I, I've been saying it for years, it, it is, it is funny, but it, it gets the point across. So every time we say, how many of you have stylists that take an hour to do a 45 minute service and all the hands go up. Okay. Now that you know your cost per hour, here's what you're going to do. Killian, no, I always bug you about taking an hour to do a 45 minute haircut. Yep. <laughs> well, you keep doing that hour and all you need to do is tell the client it's going to be $25 more. <laughs> and we all know hair, hairstylists like, I don't want to talk about price. They, they just, you see them like crack into little pieces and fall into a pile if they have to talk about pricing. And anyone listening to this knows exactly what I'm saying. All right. So, Killian, when the client says, how much or why is it more this time? Be honest. Say, because you're slow. No one's going to want to say that. So they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> and you know what? They would rather figure out how to get it done following, you know, using better techniques because it's a skill issue and get it done in 45 to not have to tell the client it's going to cost more. Mm. But that's the power of cost per hour. And all we're talking about here, whether it's a crisis like we're like we're in here, it's being able to look forward and make a relatively safe projection at revenue and a pretty darn good 
uh, projection at what expenses are. I mean, I crack up when owners, you know, they look at a, at the cash flow plan. I don't, I, it, what if I put something down and it's wrong? Well, what's your rent a month? 5,000. Put that down. That one's right. What do you pay a month in electric? And I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep this a little lighter, but we've seen this so many times where, you know, it's like, what if it's wrong? What if it's wrong? Let's take a guess. Cause once we get through one month and we come back and look at it, you'll guess better. I suppose you just got to take it bill by bill, don't you? Rather than looking at it as a mammoth task going, oh my God, I've got 13 weeks of cash flow projections to do. Just go, right. Well, what's like you said, what's the rent? What's my monthly heating? What's my shipment of PPE this month? And so on. Just break it down by units. Bite size. That that's that's that was the whole premise of the thirteen week cash flow plan. Let's whew, decompress. Let's break it down by week. Here's when you're going to open. Here's how much cash you have. A real. My concern is for all of the wonderful salon spa owners that run wonderful businesses, but never really locked into the financial stuff and always fighting cash flow. And if that's what was happening before this crisis, you don't want to reopen with that. You need a new plan. Yeah. You need, you need better understanding of what's happening in your company and you need to be able to look ahead 13 weeks or, you know, why not six months or, or, you know, or a year. And, and understand that when you get your profit and loss statement, you know, how, you know, how does that match up to your budget to be able to look at your balance sheet and see, wow, my accounts payable is like really down and cash reserve is up. And we, a lot of our customers are debt free, you know, but you can't get debt free if you don't work at it. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it's great using other people's money, but if you got 12 credit cards and they're, they're all at 28% interest, you're never going to pay them off. You, you gotta, you gotta get a handle on that. So, I mean, that's a lot of what we do and we're, we're just, we're just really locking down on what owners need to do to get through this crisis uh, and have a new level of control when they open. A lot of great companies, spas, salons are going to reopen and do great. I'm concerned about the ones that were not in great shape that are going to reopen. And, you know, it's like you're reopening with four flat tires. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why, why can't we gain speed? Because you didn't check the air in your tires. And besides that, someone ice picked them. You, you need new tires. You need a new business model. You need to lead your company differently. You need to get everyone to rally behind. What does the company need to do this month to pay the bills? Instead of worrying about one column on the book fighting with the other. That's my client. And I'm keeping my clients on my waiting list and don't you dare touch, you know, all, all the, the craziness that happens in our industry. Yeah. We have a chance to redo it. That's all. I was actually told something about a week ago, which made a whole lot of sense where it was like, well, this is actually the perfect time to fix anything in your business that you've wanted to change for a long time and never got around to because people are going to be much more understanding given the context of any change that you you implement and if it's 
going to lead you mm-hmm. to a better future. I mean, people are going to be even more understanding. Yeah, we we have two clients that are going to reopen uh going on to we call it team-based pay. It's the it's the pay system that we teach, mm-hmm. which is not commission. Um you know, it's an hourly rate and then there's team bonus and whatnot. Nobody's getting pay cuts. It's you know, it's it's a high level of integrity to it. But it'll it allows you to pay for the right performance, not the bad performance. So if you have people with attitudes, why pay them top commission for a bad attitude or not selling retail or can't get to work on time. But we have people that are going on to they're gonna reopen on team based pay with employees that were grateful that they were able to get off unemployment and get back on payroll. Yeah, we had some with the extra $600 thing that that the government threw out for unemployment, where some people are, now I'm, I'm going to make more money if I stay home on unemployment. doesn't say much for the pay rates that we're paying in this industry if someone's going to do better sitting at home on unemployment. So that that needs to be part of the rethinking. But changing their pay and putting in a no-tipping policy. And no tipping is that that's that's a hurdle. But one owner said, you know, we have stylists that will not charge a client for something to get the tip. And then it becomes all about the tip and it's not about the service and and it's not ringing up the sale and it's not hitting our goal. It's we're working against each other. And it, it becomes about the stylist and the client and the tip and the cash and, and it's, it's craziness. So they want to reopen and uh, for the Paycheck Protection Program, as long as the tips were being reported. Yeah, that's another one. You're able to add, you're able to add tip income into the numbers that you use to get your, your Paycheck Protection loan. So... They're already, we've already been paying you your average earnings plus the tips, and we're going to just tweak that a little bit upon reopening. But from this point on, there's no more tipping. Let's take care of the client. Let's get that whole thing out of the slot. It, it's, I am not saying it's easy. It takes leadership, and it takes a hell of a lot of communication. We call it relentless communication. Um but man, the stuff that you can change reopening after being shut down, you know, owners don't like it when we say it, but if they're on unemployment, they don't work for you anymore. You got to bring them back and put them back on payroll. They're on unemployment. They're not your employee right now. I mean, yeah, they are, but they're a free agent. So what, how do we bring them back to something better? And then we, we, had, we had someone in a class that we were doing uh, Sunday, Monday. We do this class called the Incubator, which obviously we had to do online. Now it's four days. And one woman goes, so what if I have someone that's just been, you know, the, the, the pain in the butt, you know, the attitude and, and you know, naysayer and, you know, Hey, we're going to do this. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Come on, everybody. We don't want to do that, do we? And she goes, I mean, do I bring that person back? And everyone goes, why? Why bring them back? Yeah. Hey, guess what? 
the pandemic created an opportunity for you. Oh, really? To do what? <laughs> Work someplace else. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like this is going to shape, <laughs> reshape the industry a lot in in a lot of ways, various ways. Um, you know, taking care of of uh, business differently in terms of numbers, uh, taking care of staff. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just going to even going digital with cash stuff like that. It's just going to. Hey, I'd I'd yeah I'd I'd rather pull my phone out and do Apple Pay than than put my credit card in something or hand it to somebody or. You know, I'm real happy doing don't touch my stuff payments. Mm. But I think the whole industry is going to be reshaped, even with regards to how preparing for bringing customers back into selling. Now, I feel like we're probably going to see something like this every flu season. So right around the holiday season, the winter season, it's probably going to be the norm where there's protective equipment, there's gloves, because people just won't want to take that chance again, especially when you know you don't have to take that chance anymore. Electronic pay, um, that that's that's going to have a profound, I don't know, I was looking for the word, but it, 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 it's going to be the norm. Um, cash is probably going to disappear. Uh, it has been to a point, but cash is, nobody's going to want to handle cash. Um, so, you know, that, you know, how appointments are done, uh, you know, there's always been talk, well, been talk for the last couple of years, like, do we really need a front desk? Um, I don't know, but, you know, certainly through technology, you know, you can have uh, easier ways to manage the front desk than have the big giant thing just sitting there. Um, you know, the online booking is good, but online booking, don't get upset at me. Online booking is that that's the backup. If they're in the salon and they're going to check out, shame on you. If you didn't book that next appointment before they leave. Oh, yeah. we totally agree. Oh, that, come on. Yeah, yeah, man, come on. You book. You know, oh no, they can book 24 seven. They gotta get, listen, dude, we did the research hair grows half inch a month. Wow, we found that out. It's got to get cut again. It's got to get colored again. How about, can you figure out when to book the appointment to do it? Let's book it before, the, let's book the next three. No, absolutely. Sorry, I get, ex I get excited at that stuff. But it is, it is true though. Like, the, why why is anyone leaving the salon without getting those next? But we had um, a guest on the show before where she has her calendar filled 12 months in advance. There you go. Like clients want to know their slots are secured already. You know, whether it's coaching that we do where we're selling hours, time, uh, days, training, um, hotels that are, uh, man, I'm glad I'm not a hotel uh, but hotels with occupancy rate, uh, planes, I mean, those, those, uh, drone shots of airports where they don't know where to park the planes anymore is, is just a scary thought, but all any business that is butts and seats or selling units of time, the more you can sell in advance, the better you can do the more consistently higher you can keep your productivity rate. You know, that's the magic of our business. Thank God hair grows back. But I'll tell you, we've seen a lot of spas. You know, they work real hard at the, here's the pre-booking and with this massage, if we get another three in or, you know, 
it it's not hard to pre-book it takes the conversation it takes the training and the system and the leadership and the accountability to get it to stick but man the f- more you can fill up the appointment book into the future better off you are that makes all the difference in the world well neil i think you probably couldn't end it to show any better so with that could you just remind us one last time, please, how we could access that 13 week cash flow tool? And also, if someone did want to reach out to you and take the discussion further, how would they? Sure. Um, the 13 week cash flow plan that now also includes the cost per hour spreadsheet is at recovery.strategiescoaching, one word, dot com recovery.strategiescoaching.com. If you haven't been there before, it says not registered question mark, click the link. It'll take you to another page, name, first name, last name, email. Uh, You got to check a little box that says you're okay if we bother you every now and then. (laughs) And and then it'll bring you, pick a password and it'll bring you back to, to sign in. Just bookmark that spot so you can get back in and if you ever forget your username it's the first letter of your first name and your last name all lowercase so if you forget that then you were doing five o'clock before five o'clock you're on that red breast all right (laughs) strategies.com is our main website. You can read about what we do. Uh, We've got our coaching memberships. We've got our seminars, all of which have gone online for the rest of this year. Um, If you want to reach me, it's neil, N-E-I-L, at strategies.com. If you want to have a conversation with a coach, just talk about where you're at, get some help. Go to strategies.com, our main website, and just scroll down and you'll see sign up for a coach call. Click the button and it'll bring up a calendar. Pick the day and time you want. You'll get confirmation emails and we do these on Zoom and have a conversation with a coach. Tell them what your problems are or her and they'll guide you to what your next steps are. Happy to do that. Well, Neil, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show with us today. Thank you, Neil. All right. And thanks for having me. Hey, guys, Zoe. And Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. To help you navigate this crisis, Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, the Coronavirus Best Practice page at forest.com forward slash C19, the Forest Blog and Podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing. Don't Don't be scared, scared, be be prepared. prepared. So that was Neil Dukoff discussing the importance of understanding your numbers. I mean, pandemic or not, it's all about understanding what money is coming in, what money is going out and charging accordingly for your services. And now moving into the Inside Forest segment, uh, we don't have much to talk about today or this week. Yeah, we're working on a lot of new courses, especially around the features that Paddy discussed last week in Forest April monthly roundup. 
you can expect courses around e-commerce and other features. Both the two courses that we have in Forest Academy that were the most recent, I suppose, were the SMS and email marketing campaign series and the online gift cards generating cash flow during a pandemic course. So the two of them will actually work hand in hand for complementing how you market your online gift cards to start generating the cash flow. Don't forget, we already said it in this episode that we've seen over a million euros worth of revenue generated from salons from their clients making pledges. So that's definitely a course to check out. And if you haven't yet joined the 30 Days to Grow Salon Challenge Quarantine Edition, now is your chance to do so. It's 30 days, 30 tasks. They're delivered through Instagram and this would be the start of week three. But please don't feel any pressure to catch up on two weeks of challenges in, say, a day or two. Just do it on your own pace. You can sign up at 30daystogrow.com. You can check out the past interviews with uh, participants that we had. Uh, so on episode 41, 74 and... And 117, we had three uh, salon owners talk about their experience doing the campaign with their team. And this year's edition is all about preparing you to reopen and come back even stronger. And on that note, that's all we got for this week, guys. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions for the show in general, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We appreciate and read every single one of them. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.